Hey everyone, if you are listening to this episode when it drops, we are coming in hot on the end of 2020, and I know this year has been a tough one for all of us. So I did a whole bunch of work to try and come up with a way that we could all end this year on a high note. And the solution that I have come up with is the win-win-win $1,000 year-end challenge. If you missed last week's podcast episode, episode number 58, I talk all about the challenge, all the details, and how it's going to work. So you can definitely go back and check that out. But if you don't need that episode, or if you heard it and you just needed a reminder, you can go to thiscan'tbethathard.com slash challenge to sign up. We are starting on November 22nd. It goes through the end of the year. And the goal is to raise as much money as possible for you and for the ACLU. So I hope you'll join me. Now let's dive into today's episode. Creativity is defined as our tendency to generate or recognize ideas, alternatives, or possibilities that may be useful in solving problems. And as photographers, of course, our primary mode of creativity is to try to do a better job or an interesting job of showing people our perspective on a particular subject matter. And that can be a pretty all-encompassing pursuit. But sometimes we need a reminder that we can and should put our creativity to work in other ways as well. Not just in making better photographs, but in coming up with ideas and solutions that address problems that either we or our clients are facing. And of course, if 2020 has thrown anything at us, it is more and different problems. We have different problems this year. Our clients have different problems this year. And more than anything, we have needed to be creative, not only as photographers, but as entrepreneurs, in coming up with ways to face those challenges. So today I'm really excited to showcase the creative ideas that four members of the This Can't Be That Hard community have come up with and launched in response to the barriers that were created for them and their clients by COVID. And some of these have the potential and the likelihood of outlasting COVID by quite a bit. My idea here is not necessarily that these are the solutions to your problems or your clients' problems, although they may be, and I actually think that a couple of these are something that I am hoping to incorporate into my business for next year. But regardless, I know that sometimes the best way to kickstart your own creativity is to kind of listen in on the creative process of other people. So today I have with me Posey Quarterman, who you may remember from a couple of my other episodes. She's my good friend and co-founder of The Family Narrative, and she's a family photographer in Portland, Oregon. Miriam Selassie has also been on the podcast before. She was part of my roundtable discussion on CRMs this past summer. She's going to be talking about half sessions that she's been doing, and she is also a family photographer. She's based in the Bay Area. Carolyn Fong is new to the podcast, but a dear and longstanding friend of mine. She is a um, family and brand photographer also in the Bay Area, and she's going to be talking about remote sessions that she's been doing utilizing technology. 
And then Sarah Sado is an LA-based lifestyle family photographer who is going to be talking about shared sessions. These are all really interesting um, and creative solutions, and I know you're going to get a ton out of this episode. Welcome to This Can't Be That Hard. My name is Anami Tonkin, and I help photographers run profitable, sustainable businesses that they love. Each week on the podcast, I cover simple, actionable strategies and systems that photographers at every level of experience can use to earn more money in a more sustainable way. Running a photography business doesn't have to be that hard. You can do it, and I can show you how. Hey guys, welcome um, to all of you. Some of you are returning guests on the show and a couple of you are new on the show. Um, I'm going to have you introduce yourselves and I've already mentioned who you are in the intro, but um, I'm really excited to have you on today and to chat about your amazing creativity. Um, let's start out by just sort of going around in a circle. For those of you who are listening, we're, we, I always record these interviews on Zoom, so I have the added benefit of being able to see these lovely faces. But um, Carolyn, why don't you start off and tell us um, where you are and, um, and a little bit about your creative solution to uh, COVID and how you're handling that. Um, well, hello. I am based in the San Francisco Bay Area. I'm in a little city called Alameda, which is real close to Oakland. And when we went into shelter in place orders of mid-March, I believe, um, everything shut down. So no outside of your home work. And I was taking photos of my family. I have two young kids and that was fun for about three days. And <laughs> I realized that I needed to be connecting with and interacting with people outside of my immediate family. And so I had been hearing for about a month about people doing these things called remote sessions, which I couldn't wrap my brain around. Like, how is this happening? How does it work? And I think it might have been even in the family narrative group, some people mm -hmm. had mentioned um, is it Terry Hofler? She has an online course about it. Oh, and cool. I checked it out. I didn't end up purchasing it. I just kind of was like, okay, there's a resource if I wanted to find out more about it. And then Miriam uh, Selassie reached out to me and said, hey, I want to test this out. I have an idea. And I said, sure, I'm here with two kids. Why not? And it was so fun and lighthearted and easy. And the photos that she ended up capturing, I actually liked them so much. I printed them out and put them on our fridge the next day. Like it, it was really, um, it was also just nice to have photos that were of this moment of this is what size my kids are. And this is without worrying about what they were wearing or where we were going to, we just put, I put my phone up on the windowsill and we sat pretty much on the bed where I'm sitting right here. So um, I, on the receiving end, loved it so much that I said, you know what, I think I'm going to start reaching out to other photographers and friends um, who also have time. You know, it was one of those things where we have time now and let's do something quick, 20 minutes. And every single time I did it, I felt my spirits lifted and I felt 
And I got the feedback that the person on the other end also had that experience of like, wow, that was really fun. And I think it was the first time using my art to kind of fulfill a need of reaching out and connecting versus just making it um, about capturing something for somebody else. It became something where I was getting just as much, if not more, out of that interaction. And it was all over technology, which is something that I think was a nice shift to not only hating on technology, but just kind of seeing the benefit and experiencing the benefit of using technology for our own wants, instead of just saying, oh, I have to use technology to reach an audience of X, Y, and Z. Right. Super cool. I've got to be on the receiving end of one of those um, (laughs) in-home portraits, which anybody can go see on Carolyn's website. Um, (laughs) But yeah, they are super fun. And so you're still doing those now, even though things have started to lift. Yes, I'm still, I found that it was a worthwhile option for some people to have the experience of being in the photo with their kids or with their loved ones. I didn't only work with families. I reached out to families and um, friends who were different groupings, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it was the same experience every single time. There's just something really in so much of our lives. There's so much that's really heavy and requires so much kind of commitment on either a financial or a time or mental commitment. And I found these sessions for me, and you can tell me if on your end, it felt like this too, that there was just something really light. I just keep going back to the word lighthearted, that it was just really cool to be able to be like, yeah, let's just like hop on FaceTime and like see what happens. And then I found that some people would ask like, what's the difference between me taking a selfie and you being on the other end? And it really is just, there's a interaction that is captured when there's somebody else, me, being on the giant screen making silly faces or saying silly things and kind of capturing the interaction between the people on the other side of the screen. Um, I found that to be a really interesting and fun element to it too. That's so cool because I feel like, I guess when I was thinking about remote sessions, I was thinking about the problem that you were solving creatively was the problem that you couldn't be physically with Mm -hmm. other people. And certainly that's true, but it sounds almost like another byproduct problem, or maybe as it turns out, like the bigger problem was the fact that things felt, especially in those early days, like Mm -hmm. super dark and really heavy. And you were sort of interjecting these sessions, these remote sessions were a way to like interject some fun and some playfulness and like capture that time, but in a way that was like elevating people's spirits, which was a real need at that point. Yeah, that's at least that was the surprise element for me. I just wanted to be creating something and the most immediate avenue I have for creation is photography. And it was like, well, I don't have that camera available to be used. So how about this? And it allowed me to work around nap schedules and meltdowns and when people were sleeping and when people are awake and 
I could work with friends across the country who were in multiple time zones. Um, so it was, it has turned out to be something that I really advocate for and everybody should give it a go if they want to try it. What I did these sessions to raise money for a local food bank mm -hmm. or wherever you're based, I requested a donation and it was all on the honor system. I didn't ask for receipts or anything. It was just let's try to bring some good into the world while we are all stuck in our home. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, okay. Let's move on to Miriam. Miriam, introduce yourself. Um, and, oh, sorry, Posey, do you have a question? I do. I have a question for Carolyn. <laughs> I'm just curious, genuinely, how the logistics of doing that work. Are you photographing your computer screen with your camera or are you screen cap? Like how does, how are you doing it? So I've been going down a deep dive of figuring out best practices for this. And there are kind of two schools where some people have been taking a photograph of, it turns out either iPad screens are really good. Um, I did all of mine with what I had available, which was just an old laptop and uh, my iMac. So I would just do screen captures and then process those JPEG files the way I normally process. And it was, everybody sets up their screen on um, some sort of stand or leaning against some books and okay. I'm on the other end. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yes, I can add a little bit to that. <laughs> um, so I found I, I did a few of these for charity as well. And I found that when you're photographing the screen with your big camera, you get kind of a motion blur effect, which can be really cool. So when I was doing them, I did a combination of screenshots and shots for my camera. Um, the screenshots were much clearer and the shots for my camera were much more contrasty. So if you want to do them, I would play around with it and see what you like best. That's cool. And doesn't it also kind of depend on the person on the other end and the the quality of their equipment? A hundred percent. Yeah. The newer cool. iPhone and iPad cameras have an incredible amount of quality and the file sizes are bigger. Mm -hmm. um, but the caveat with all of these sessions I said to every single person was this is not about creating great quality image, but about creating great images that capture the quality of your relationships. So it, it really is less about like, Oh my gosh, it's so sharp. Look at how beautiful those eyelashes are. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it was much more about, Oh my gosh, like we were all there together. And I, you know, I think about like the photos of me as a kid that were taken on a brownie, you know, yeah. like those are not what I would call high quality photos necessarily, but they're, that doesn't change their value. Um, you know, it's a different thing. So that's super cool. We're going to keep talking about everybody's stuff. I kind of want to, I want to get like a broad overview and then we'll drill down with some other questions. So now I'm going to go back to you, Miriam, and have you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your half session concept. Hang on guys. I have a quick message for you. 
Did you know that This Can't Be That Hard isn't the only podcast I host? Each month, my marketing director, Dana, and I team up to bring you a fresh injection of marketing ideas and inspiration on our other podcast called The Consistency Club. The podcast is free and available to any photographer looking to uplevel their marketing game, or you can take it one step further and join The Consistency Club, where you get the extended version of the podcast along with monthly email and social media templates, bonus trainings, and special access to the live marketing events we host twice a year. If you're interested in tuning in, you can search for and subscribe to The Consistency Club wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to join us in the membership, you can visit go.thiscantbethathard.com slash club to sign up. Sure. Um, my name is Miriam Selassie, and I'm the photographer behind High and Hollow Photography here in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, I live near Carolyn <laughs> and she and I kind of bounce ideas off each other a lot and halfway through this whole lockdown things started to open up and I started thinking about fall and mini sessions and deciding I didn't want to do mini sessions so I kind of came up with this half concept that I call quickie sessions and I was telling Carolyn about this great idea I had and she was like oh yeah I'm doing those <laughs> So, not originally my idea, but <laughs> um, they've been going really well. They're just 30-minute sessions, and they're similar to a mini session in that um, they're at one location. I picked a location that's really close to my house. I know, like, the back of my hand, so I know any time of day we go, I know where to go at that particular location to get great light. Um and then I price structured them using the simple sales system. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so profitable. Yeah. And I'm making way more than I would with uh, traditional mini sessions. And I personally find mini sessions very stressful having back to back people. And especially during coronavirus, I didn't want to see more than one family a day. Um, so this kind of really worked out for me and it's been going, and oh, and I only offer them during the week, okay. um, which has been actually really amazing to have my weekends off. And also, I don't know about around the country, but here in the Bay Area, because nothing is really open, everyone is going outside on the weekends. And so parks and everything are overrun. So that's been a big selling point for me to be like, well, if we do do a weekend session, this is what you can expect. And people are more than happy to book during the week. Right. So the big difference is, so you were, let's talk about the problems you were overcoming. You were overcoming the issue that people were going to want many sessions, but you didn't want to offer them for a variety of reasons. And you were overcoming, are you also offering fulling sessions right now? Um, I, yeah, I was offering full-length sessions as well. Okay. So, so this was more for people yeah. who didn't maybe want to do the full investment of a full session. Yes. So really what I, who I was offering these to are the people that come to see me every year for mini sessions. Um, and honestly, these sessions are at, at the very least three times what my mini, mini session right. was. So like the lowest tier is three times what a mini session would have been. And I didn't have any pushback as far as pricing, nice. which was nice. And do you feel like 
I mean, it seems to me like they're also getting something that's actually a lot better than a mini session because they're getting almost, it's like a sort of a full experience. It's just shorter, but they're, I mean, they're getting, you know, the golden hour times if they want them and that sort of thing. Is that, would you say that's true? Yes. And also they were getting the benefit of choosing which day they wanted to do it. So it wasn't like one weekend in November like they could schedule it anytime as long as I had a weekday available. Very cool. Good. I have more questions about these, but I'm going to save them. Let's jump over to Sarah. Sarah, can you introduce us and tell us a little bit about your shared session concept? Sure. I'm Sarah Sado. My photography business is Studio Sado. I'm in Los Angeles. Um, so my shared sessions came about because of a similar need. I was getting a lot of emails and calls asking for like, we're just wanting a quick session. You know, finances are tight. Don't feel like we can do a full session this year. Um, and when I was on one of those calls, I actually just sort of offered off the cuff. I was like, well, any chance you have another family who maybe could split a session with you? And Because usually my family sessions are 90 minutes long. Um, so it would have been a 45-45. And uh, the client who I happened to be talking to at that time was like, oh, a really interesting idea. Let me go think about that. And when I got off the phone, I was like, it's a really interesting idea. So I um, <laughs> ended up writing it up and sending it out to my list and have gotten really great feedback and a lot of bookings from it in what had otherwise looked like a fairly dismal fall. It just, it wasn't, I mean, it's, LA was also totally shut down for a very long time and it's just been a very slow ratcheting up. Um, so it's satisfying that need. Uh, it's they're they're truly splitting the costs. So they'll split the session fee, and then they will have basically half of each of my traditional packages available to them. So instead of ten digitals and the print credit, they'll get five instead of twenty, ten, and sort of that whole thing. Smaller full galleries um, at half the price, but they can only book them if they bring in another family to do it back to back at the same location. Um, so when I go out you know, get childcare, all the usual things, I, I'm still going to be making my usual amount of money. And um, it has meant that all kinds of new families are now in my orbit, uh, which has been great. So that's been um, the upside, bringing in new clients. The My usual clients have been totally happy to kind of do that work for me of, um, you know, no one has been like, well, who do you, you know, will you go match me up or something like that? Um, and what I've sort of sold it as, and I think it's really true, is they still get almost all the benefits of a custom session. They're picking their time, they're picking their day, they're picking their location. Yes, they have to coordinate those things with someone else, but there's a lot of flexibility in there. Um, I'm doing them both weekdays and weekends, all outdoors. I'm going to build in like a five minute buffer, you know, between the families. So I can just like actually say a goodbye and hello, but basically um, sticking to my same time frame. I just had one, I would say the one negative I've just encountered, and it's a small thing, um, is I just had someone get back to me who was really excited about the idea. And she just wrote an email back that was like, oh my you know, my cousin thinks it's much too expensive. And so all of a sudden it's like, oh, now she's getting that feedback from an outside party, which she usually wouldn't get if she was just doing it on her own. So I would say that's the one caveat because of course that family that she's gone to 
they haven't looked at my photos. They didn't go through the process to kind of fall in love with it first. So they're just seeing numbers and saying that's too much, which she then has in her head. But that's the only time that's come up. And I would say for everyone else, it's actually probably been a positive of the question has almost become, hmm, should I split the session or do a full session? Instead of should I do it or not do it? It's really for almost everyone else. Some have still gone with a full session, but no, I want the whole 90 minutes. I want to, you know, be in my yard or whatever. Um, and then others have split it. So, so far it's been great. Super cool. Um, so just as a little bit of backstory, um, I was kind of putting this concept for this episode together with um, Posey and Miriam and Ka uh, Carolyn in mind. And then I had a phone call with Sarah um, that was about an entirely different subject. And she mentioned these and I was like, oh, <laughs> you need to come on this episode too, because that I love that idea so much. And like my brain ever since we talked has been churning with like, Ooh, you could do it this and you could do this because one of the things that I love about what you're doing here, first of all, I think it's brilliant that you're um, ensuring that they are bringing in another person and you're not doing the coordination because that's such a good marketing technique. Um, yes, you all, you will certainly periodically have the person who like comes up against a friend who's like, you pay what for family photos? But my guess is that the majority of times what's going to happen is it's like, that's a that is the best kind of referral, right? Like I'm just about to book this thing. You should come join me. Um, so I think that's genius. And then the other thing, because you're using the simple sales system and the way that that upsell mm -hmm. potential works, my guess is that you'll end up making more in the after session sales with two people than you would with one because they're not getting quite as much right. and they still have that print credit. Anyway. I'm excited. I know you've only just started doing this, but I'm really excited to see what your results are as well. I'll be happy to share. <laughs> Posey, jump in and tell us all about your no school portraits. Awesome. Hi. Um, so I am in Portland and we were in lockdown um, pretty heavily. I, mean, I think we're still in stage one of rollout. I don't think we ever made it beyond this. So it was real unknown for a long stretch of whether I was even allowed to take pictures outside. Um, eventually, I think in July, I started <clears throat> photographing some families outside of their homes because that felt safe enough. I didn't want to go to public parks and such with unmasked families. Um, and so during this time, I just started to formulate like, you know, what was going to be coming up. And I had, um, a couple years ago, after Elena Blair taught at the Family Narrative, I had taken her class or downloaded her class on um, school photos. And it wasn't quite, it was, she does fine art photos with like a, you know, studio kind of setup, but in schools. And it wasn't quite what I wanted to do, but I had been, you know, thinking about how to offer school photos. Um, I had done preschool photos for my son's preschool ages ago, but. Anyway, um, so, you know, then all of this happened and we realized we weren't going back to school and um, sort of just on a whim, I, you know, unlike the way Anami sits down on a schedule and writes a newsletter every week, I write a newsletter when, <laughs> you know, the, when I'm, uh, the spirit takes me. So I sat down and I sent out a newsletter and I always just think I'm writing to my existing clients. Um, I always forget about like all the people who have signed up for my newsletter over the years who have never hired me. 
And I just said, hey, let's do this. Um, I'm going to pick two days. So much like Miriam said she hates mini sessions, I generally do too. But with this framework, like I was like, this is a five minute session. Like your kids don't participate. That's on you. If, you know, if you're not out the door in the right amount of time, that's on you. I'm sort of jumping ahead of myself. But anyway, I offered five minute sessions and I asked people, is this something you're going to be is this something you're interested in? No school sessions on this day or this day. If you say yes, I will cluster people by neighborhoods and get back to you. Let me know, let you know if we're doing it. And I had a huge response. Um, at least 70 kids, 45 people, I think reached out, um, more than that reached out, but that's what, who ended up booking, um, on the two days that we ended up with. And I drove all over town and, um, they were exhausting days, but they were, I, you know, offered one eight by 10 and one digital download, but each gallery had five to 10. I took sibling photos. Um, you know, I made sure to get the siblings together for a photo and I offered the full gallery download as an upgrade option. And I'm, I'm guessing I should have looked at the numbers before. I, I think probably half the people they haven't had to like their galleries haven't expired yet. But I think probably half the people upgraded. It's been very lucrative for two days of work. Um, and it was fun. And it also got me in front of a lot of new families, um, two of whom have already reached out about booking. And I think I'm going to, as soon as I shared them, a ton of people were like, oh my God, I did, how did I miss this? And I never advertised it because I never got beyond the newsletter. And so it, did, it was a good reminder that, um, you know, I need to, remind people to sign up for my newsletter, but I am doing another little like secret pocket of people based on somebody who reached out and was like, if I get families together, will you come to my neighborhood? Um, but it was, it was fun. The, the one thing I didn't account for was how much time kids were going to want to spend talking to me. <laughs> because they've only been with their adults, like their parents and maybe a friend. And I mean, this has been true of family sessions lately, too. It's like, I just want to sit down and hang out with the kids afterwards because they're like, let me tell you all the things that have happened. Um, but it was really fun. And only a couple were hard, you know, like for the most part, kids were out and ready and gave me their best silly smiles. Yeah. Oh, and I did it in yards. So that was the little like, I was like, we're home, we're distance learning, we're learning from home now. So I'm not going to make it a backdrop and try to make it like a school photo. I'm going to do their school photo at home. So front porch yeah. or front yard was what I did. I love that. Um, did you limit it to just school age kids? Did you have any like little kids? <laughs> I limited it to school age kids. I, it came together so quickly. I wasn't super um, on top of that. And I had like two or three toddlers slip in one of them was an existing client totally easy I photographed the kid a bunch of times and I was it was no issue the other two took too much time and I almost got behind schedule because I had to course toddlers basically so yeah that's like bolder letters next time no um you know like they need to be five and up yeah I was going to say, because that that age group, in some ways, you get the best of the best in the first five minutes anyway. <laughs> but with younger kids, that's not always true. Yeah. Um, 
That's awesome. Okay. So all of these are such extremely genius ideas. And I um, am so inspired by you guys and the way that you've sort of thought outside the box and like just gone for it. And I want to make it loud and clear for anybody who's listening that all of these people, I think, yep, utilized their list, like having that list and maintaining a list of your former clients and ideally other people who are kind of interested in your work, but aren't necessarily, um, you know, ready to book a full session with you. If they're on an email list, that means that when you have an idea like this, you can pitch it to them. If you're only putting it on your um, social media or, you know, I don't know, I guess that's the only other way to advertise these kinds of things, really, you're not going to be able to, um, to continually serve those people who are interested. So, um, so yeah, big plug for working on your list and maybe that can be top of your priority for 2021. Um, I would love for each of you or for who here of, of those ideas, like what, what's going to stick, what's going to outlast COVID Posey. I'm without question doing this in the future. Um, whether I do it at home or pick a public location or a studio, maybe a studio, but more than likely I would pick like an outdoor location and sign people up. Um, that would be easier than driving all over town, but also the comfort of being at home, like allowed kids to just, you know, there was no fussiness. They were playing video games before I got there. It's not like they were standing in line waiting their turn or whatever. Um, but everybody has asked me like, oh, this is how we're doing it from now on. You're doing this again, right? So I will probably be much more strategic about how I plan it next year because this year was just kind of on a whim. Yeah, I could almost see it being something where you, when you have more time, you know, maybe you make it like this neighborhood is this day and this neighborhood is this day. That's what I did. And Oh, right. Sorry. But I mean, I'm saying people could self-schedule based on that. Yes. Um, and then, you know, you can encourage them to share it with their friends and that it's such a, it's such a great way to reach new people. Right. That was another thing that happened is like one of my clients in the best uh, neighborhood school was like, I'm on the PTA. Can I share this? And I was like, yeah. And so, yeah, that whole like half of a day was in her neighborhood, just photographing, right. you know, new family. Those kinds of, yeah, those kinds of teeny sessions, like really small, easy to accommodate sessions are also my very favorite thing to put on. Like if somebody calls me and says, would you like to donate to our auction? It's a really easy open and shut way for somebody to buy your services without you then either being in that weird That's situation fun. where it's like, oh, you got a session fee, but now you have to spend all this other money yeah. or like they're not the right client. I mean, that's like, it's a perfect bite-sized opportunity. That's, that's really, that's yeah. awesome. That's really smart. Who else, Sarah? Now I want to hear more about how you would do that because I just got one of those letters. <laughs> um, but not to take us off topic, I think I'll keep these. Um, unless I learn something over the fall that makes me feel otherwise, I feel like they don't really compete against my regular sessions since um, so many of those are in someone's home that they'll still want the full session for their in-home but that sometimes people really do want a quick session or sometimes the full one really is out of reach financially. Um, yeah, and I really just feel like that upside of new client acquisition, which I've sort of never had a systematized way of 
I mean, I've obviously found new clients, but I, this, this feels like a more thought through type of client acquisition than I've had in the past. So if for no other yeah. reason, I think I'd keep it for that. Brilliant. Amazing. Carolyn, what about you? I'm definitely going to keep doing these. I, I still have the option for people. I've actually found that it's allowed me to connect with people who don't live within driving distance of me. And so I've had a few past clients who've since moved away from the Bay Area who've reached out for a remote session um, to still work with me, which I find just so amazing that they are like, we still just want that kind of connection with you. And I love getting to see their kids. Even over a screen, we're still having the same conversation and the same kinds of chats. So um, I've, I've really enjoyed it and I still will be offering it. And I will also like to piggyback on Miriam's half session. The I used to offer the half sessions only for existing clients who purchased a full session. And that way, if they wanted to do like kind of like a one year package, but not everybody wants to do a one year package, they, they might want the six year old and then this, the eight year old's birthday or something. And so I would, they would come back to me and say, you know, I don't want to do a full session. Could we do something? Do you do many sessions? And I like Miriam and many others are not many session mentality. I'm not, I'm not made for many sessions <laughs> anyway. Um, and so I would offer these half mm -hmm. sessions to existing clients because we'd already spent an hour and a half or two hours just a few months ago, but things had changed or someone's outgrown those pants and now it's time for new ones, you know, new session. And I would offer them in private mm -hmm. kind of only when someone reached out. And then um, I started when I had my two, my now two-year-old, it was like, well, what can I do to still work, but work with my own schedule better? And it was limiting driving because here in the Bay Area before COVID, it was mm -hmm. a 20-minute drive now would take me 45 to an hour. And I'm sure Sarah in LA, it's the same thing where sometimes the biggest time suck of a session was the commute. And so I could block off an hour while my kid was napping, but I meant I needed to make sure we were scheduled somewhere close to my home. And so I started kind of putting together these packages where it was during these hours, during the week and at a location like Miriam says that I know like the back of my hand that I know the light, I love the light. And so that has now because of COVID become something I offer to everybody. But I mm -hmm. found that the re return clients still, when they have experienced a full custom session, they're like, we might still just do the full session. But then if, you know, like Sarah said, somebody is kind of wanting just a quick, quick 30 minutes, then it's really nice to have that as an option. And because I'm also a huge fan of your simple oh you're cutting out right when we're getting to the good part oh no i am i cutting out again am i can you hear me no you're good oh no i was just singing your praises i sing from the rooftops to everyone who'll hear that i love the simple sales system 
it is genius, genius, genius. And so it makes, before I knew about your simple sales, the mini sessions or the half sessions were something that I would do, but there was always a little bit of like, all right. I mean, I wish it was a full session because that would justify the time commitment, um, financially justify the time commitment a little bit with a bigger margin um, or the smaller margin, sorry. But now with your simple sales, it can, I've been able to make it where I'm like, oh, okay. So that's on par with a full session and I'm using less of my time. So yeah, I mean, and I feel, uh, you're welcome. Thank you. Um, I feel like so much and all of these women that I have the pleasure of chatting with today, have been in business for a long time. And I do think that one of the things, um, that anybody who's listening, who is newer to business should make note of is that these, um, are solutions that work for their clients, but they're also putting them, they're putting parameters in place that protect their time and what they're putting in. Because I think a lot of the mistakes that people make when they're trying to do, you know, offer their clients something that's better for them, you know, financially, it's cheaper. Let's just go ahead and use that word. Um, less expensive, less of a barrier for price is that they end up giving the same amount of their own time or their own effort. And that, you know, that ends up being the piece that's unsustainable. So, um, so I think that it's, you know, even if none of these particular ideas fit for you, definitely think about what the, the sort of overarching themes are and take that into consideration. What about you, Miriam? Um, yeah, I'm definitely, definitely going to keep these for next year. Um, I've actually, I took your, Oh, I also want to, I'm going to interrupt and say that one of my favorite things about the way that Miriam, if you want to be inspired by branding, go look at hi and hello website. It's so good. Um, but the, uh, but yeah, the fact that you sent out your message and it was like, everybody loves a quickie (laughs) totally made me laugh. Stop the scroll. I was like, Oh God, this is so good. Yeah. So sorry. I have gotten some comments about that. (laughs) all all hilarious (laughs) um so i i just wanted to say i also took your revenue on repeat class which i am going to be launching my own yearbook club um for 2021 and part of one of my tiers is that they can schedule a quickie session anytime and they pay the lowest price for the top package um oh smart yeah so it's another way to kind of work that in and then i think i'm going to actually narrow down which days i allow quickie sessions to be booked so it's a little bit more of a hot commodity (laughs) but yeah 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 it's definitely my full sessions are two hours long they're very like touchy-feely and really focused on what the family is like on a normal day. And so these are a good way to kind of get more of a tradition, not traditional, but like, I guess a traditional lifestyle feel. They're all outdoors. Yeah. Um, so it's just kind of a, a good way to capture a different part of the market than typically would book a full session for me. So I'm definitely going to keep them around. Yep. Um, you guys are brilliant. Uh, this has been so inspiring to me. I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're all busy to share these concepts and share these ideas. And like I said at the beginning, um, even if, you know, creativity is one of those things where it's like creativity begets 
more creativity. I love hearing these kinds of things because it's just, it gets my own wheels turning, which is honestly, it's one of the hardest things about this year is that I feel like at some point or another, all of us have felt really stuck. So I appreciate you guys being willing to come on and share these amazing ideas. Um, I love the, you know, the community piece of that kind of openness. So thank you to you from myself and everybody else. And I hope you all have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. It was great to see Thank all you. of you guys. Thanks. That was fun. Well, that's it for this week's episode of This Can't Be That Hard. I'll be back same time, same place next week. In the meantime, you can find more information about this episode, along with all the relevant links, notes, and downloads at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash learn. If you like the podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Even better, share the love by leaving a review in iTunes. And as always, thanks so much for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic week.